Welcome to Leading Behind the Scene. I'm your host, Gwendolyn Young, the go-to business and operations consultant for six-figure CEOs who are ready to greet their next level of growth. And I'm ready to share tools, strategies, and tips to help you excel in your business and your life. If you're a service-based entrepreneur, be sure to join me each Thursday. Find me on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And don't forget to follow the show on your favorite podcast player so you never miss an episode. And if you love the content, leave me a rate and review. Now let's get into today's episode. Hey, beautiful people, it's Gwendolyn from your virtual admin expert, and welcome to Leading Behind the Scene, your weekly dose of inspiration to equip you to excel in business and life. So we are talking about the F word. Get your mask out the gutter, y'all, okay? Because I'm talking about finances. I'm talking about coins and money. Yes, as entrepreneurs, we need to be paying attention to the coins coming in and out of our business, and we need to be looking at those monthly reports and using them to make better business decisions. So I'm super glad to be talking to my friend, Mr. Jason Treadwell today, who is fast becoming a business partner and a great colleague of mine. Jason, say hey to the people. Hey, what's up, everybody? Jason is an experienced Big Four auditor, accounting director, and finance executive. He's a trusted advisor. I even got a call set up with him, y'all, to talk about some stuff in my business. Y'all know I don't just be fooling with any and everybody, okay? He's a builder and manager of teams within public and private multi-billion dollar manufacturing companies, as well as multi-million dollar technology and marketing companies. Jason also has experience with IPOs. If you don't know what that is, go Google it. And capital raising for startups and small businesses. Throughout his career, Jason has discovered a passion for helping entrepreneurs and small businesses like you build sustainable organizations with seamless financial systems, proactive management reporting and forecasting, HR oversight, and business insight. He takes pride in being a trusted advisor to entrepreneurs, small business executives, and investors, and understands the various needs of the key stakeholders involved. He is also the founder of and consultant for Treadwell Consulting Group, a virtual CFO firm that provides CFO accounting, finance function service for startups and small businesses. So Jason, he all the things, y'all, I'm just saying, all the things when it comes to this money and this tax. So Jason, you and I met earlier just this year, right? Yes, yes. I think about, uh, I feel like it was like three, four, maybe three months ago. And it feels like it's been forever. It yes. feels like it's been so much longer than that. Absolutely. And we've already done a business panel together and just always constantly looking for ways to support each other. That's absolutely. one of the things that I just absolutely love. So I'm super pumped to talk to you because I've seen firsthand how entrepreneurs neglect the finances in their business. Yeah. And I want you to help shed some light on why they shouldn't be afraid of the F word. You know what? Before I get into that, I just want to say thank you for bringing me on, uh, Gwendolyn. I think one of the biggest, every time we talk, I look forward to talking to you because that'll be my opportunity to get my little four or five questions in, uh, (laughs) get some answers to some things I need help with. So um, it's always a joy and a pleasure to, you know, talk with you and always connect with you. 
And, and we will be doing this like a whole, whole lot because I'm already thinking like, okay, what I'm going to bring Jason back for next? Oh, absolutely. And what me and Jason going to do? And that panel we did was bomb together. Yeah, so yeah, we definitely yeah. got to find some more panel absolutely. opportunities to be Absolutely. on. So Lolita, if you're listening, we need you to hook that up, okay? <laughs> your girl and your boy need some What's hookups up, on the cat. Okay? <laughs> so tell me, before we even get in, tell me how did you like get started with the whole Treadwell Consulting? How did that come about? Um, You know what, just kind of through my career experience and it wasn't, it was kind of like a reflective experience. I was like, man, what do I really enjoy about what I do? So um, I went to DePaul University, one of my first mentors, in business basically convinced me to say, because I was originally just a finance major and he okay. convinced me to add another, to actually add um, accounting as my major. So I actually double major. He kind of paved the way for me. I started at a firm called Deloitte & Touche. Spent a few years there. He was a partner there. Don't just, don't just gloss over that. Like, oh, well, you know what? Little, okay. For the people who don't know like what that is, like you just glossing over, like it was just a job. Like this is one of the top institutions yep. in the finance arena, dude. I'm going to need you not to gloss over oh, that. Okay. Okay. Now, well, so I mean, well, I think at the time Deloitte was, if not number one, I think they were number one globally about all yes. of the public accounting firms. And so I was very blessed and fortunate to work there for about three years. Um, I was um, a, um, a senior so I was able to lead engagements. Um, you know, I, w- I was leading. And actually, this is a good segue. So I was working on a huge multi-billion dollar um, engagement. Not a lot of times those large, large, huge engagements, there's like several of you there. So meaning, you know, if I was a senior, that was actually my first job as a senior. There was like two other seniors and then like four partners and three managers. So is so big that you're just assigned to these little areas. And although that was exciting, my first job as a lead senior was on a, um, a startup company that was preparing to go public. And at the time the company was called Aircell. So basically the people that, the reason why we are able to have Wi-Fi technology on, on, on airplanes, these were the people that like created that, like made that possible. Um, I forget what the name is now, but that, was like where I really began to fall in love. Like, man, you know, I love the the opportunity of being involved at the ground level. Um, I was dealing directly with like senior management, um, so much so to where the partner and senior manager um, allowed me to pretty much be like the face of that engagement on behalf of the firm. And so um, just between managing a team and just getting involved in that, getting involved in strategy, understanding where the company was going, that was the stuff that really like just excited me. And so, um, just along the way, while I was still there, I kind of stayed within that like mid-sized, high-growth company. And then when I left there, just several private or corporate companies that I went to were either startups or uh, mid-sized companies that were like on an upward trajectory. So even though I had like a day-to-day job as an accountant, much of my work, I was always a part of building something. Like the next company I joined, I wrote their entire inventory and fixed assets policy. And this was like a several hundred million dollar company that, you know, they had grown to this point and now was ready to like, you know, be a bit more official, a bit more structured. And so um, I just think I was blessed to really be a part of those things. And so I've just found out like just really enjoyed being that builder, being a part of something and then also just understanding um, where the company was going and, and being a part of that change. And so 
probably like 10 years after the fact, you know, I really began to miss just the consulting, the face-to-face people side of things. And then also too, just that coupled with realizing that, man, I really feel that, um, especially in the accounting finance space, that there was a huge opportunity for virtual or remote work. You know, you were one of the people I've talked to that kind of helped as I was kind of really looking to rev up, they kind of helped, you know, enlighten me to that. No, there's like a real legitimate market out here uh, where you can provide more support to more people from a remote virtual standpoint than perhaps you know, one company Absolutely. at the time. And then look at how the year turned in 2020 right. now, right? Where pretty right. much everybody is, if they're not fully remote, a huge portion of their business is remote, but there's so many online businesses out here yeah. who need CFO support because a lot of times what happens is entrepreneurs go into business because of what they're good at, right. not necessarily because they know how to manage a business or because they know how finances and money works in a business. They just know they have a skill or talent or give. They're good at that and they know they can make some money by doing that. Right. But then all the other stuff kind of goes out the window because they don't know what to do with it. And you know what? That's that's a great point that you make. So I think what really solidified it for me was I noticed, especially when I really start working exclusively in the startup space, you know, as at one point a director of finance to a VP of finance um, or a VP and group controller, that I was working with like very strong visionary leaders. Like, I mean, people that got vision and, and and goals and dreams that will blow you away and are amazing at like convincing everyone that this is the way to go from investors to employees and everything. But the biggest downfall to that person was they need a team, they need structure and they the need- back end structure. Exactly, the back end structure. And even those that help kind of put, put dollars to what that vision means. And so, it began to dawn on me like, man, okay, this, yeah, we re- we leave the meeting, we're ready to go, yeah, okay. So how are we gonna execute this? And there's no real plan. And then what happens is um, you got some founders that raise a ton of money or make a ton of money and we're, we're you know, you're just living off of the house money and we have no real plan for reinvestment. We have no plan for growth. We have no plan for, you know, what is the, the minimum viable product, like how do we, with what we have, take this idea and trace it all the way through to market, test it, you know, all those different things. We're just thinking about the IPO or we're just thinking about somebody buying us out. But but a lot of times that finance piece or that finance person kind of helps bridge that gap of um, helping perhaps make that dream a reality um, and quantifying it and showing it. And a lot of times I found myself in situations where I either had to kick the door down because we were about to run out of money or I had to, <laughs> or I had to come in there and, and almost provide some accountability to, to the to the goal and whatever was put out there or the vision that was casted for the organization and where we were going. So this is good. Why do you think that entrepreneurs either lack the skill to look at the numbers and deal with the finance or they're just afraid to look at the numbers? Because I know I find a lot of times they're just afraid to look at the numbers. And I'm like, but they numbers, like they not gonna jump off the paper and harm you. Why do you think they're so afraid to look at the numbers? 
I mean, probably some of it may be just um, it's a matter of perspective, right? Like, you know, sometimes you bringing a number or bringing structure can be seen as a barrier, you know, mm-hmm. can be seen as like something that's going to slow me down, you know, because think about it, many times as entrepreneurs or whatnot, really, in essence, your call in life is to fulfill the need for the consumer, for your end user, whomever, like you are the solutionist, you are finding establishing that. And if maybe the numbers is not your cup of tea or whatnot, you know, you would tend to avoid them. And you're just like, hey, we're going to get there. We're going to charge for it. But one of the things I hang my head on, this is something I learned probably in one of my first accounting classes was the purpose of an account or really financials, financial statements is to help decision makers make decisions. And so sometimes that's where I think I come for the gap too, where I just help present. The goal is not for you to be in the weeds, you know, and a lot of times too, you might not have the right team and the right people around you. Um, Some of this is really just an emotional intelligence issue. If you know that I'm a 50,000 foot level leader and visionary, I don't need the 500 foot ground level information, but perhaps like one of the things I had to do quickly in one of the companies I worked for was create like what we call like a burn analysis, a cash burn analysis. Because while you're you in your mind, I'm hiring this consultant, I'm hiring this or I'm I'm, I'm going to outsource this and I'm going to do that. But you have no grasp on how much cash you're burning a month to, to maintain that life. But I don't you know what I don't know. I think a lot of times my answer to that question is really just education, you know? And, and sometimes I think that's kind of my approach. I, t- I tend to almost approach it with a bit of empathy, um, but however, I know with clients and those that I prefer to work with, um, there does come a point where if you're not engaged in, in that information, because a lot of times financial statements from a historical and even a future tense view is like a roadmap of sorts. And if you're not interested in down into that, it's almost like getting into a bus and we're all going on a road trip, but you don't know where we're going. Or you know where we're going, but you don't have your GPS on. You don't know the, which you highway. You didn't know equipment with you. You, you, didn't, you didn't know what clothes to pack. Right. You don't know who on the bus with you. Right. You don't know if they're going to kill you on the ride there. <laughs> all that. You ain't all like, of that. You don't, you don't know that. You just like, got oh. on the bus like, I'm I'm go I'm headed to Florida. <laughs> all of that, all of that, or or even like I said, let's say you know we want to go here. This is where we're taking the company, and then we can say, hey, this is what it looks like, and this is what we got to do to make it there. Even if it comes to you just being an online retailer, you know, and you're selling something. Sometimes it's just a matter of having a, a finance person, or even you yourself, saying, I have this goal. How many widgets do I need to sell to hit that goal? And how do I set that up? And sometimes you can do that yourself. Other times you can use the help of someone to kind of help you orchestrate that. Because now guess what? Now you're going out there and you're going out there and you're hunting and you know what you're shooting for. And then you reach that milestone. Okay, let's go. Let's go higher. Let's go stronger. Let's go this. What are my costs like? You know, a lot of times too, what I find is I help find gaps where as we begin to grow and develop, now you can begin to offboard some of your responsibilities because now you, we need you to be the visionary. We need you to drive the company and drive the vision. Hey, guess what? We've now made it to this milestone. We can afford to hire this and outsource it. Yeah. Did you know there are three operational mistakes most entrepreneurs make when they first start their business? Everything from not thinking through the logistics before launching 
to not counting them the cost of what it will take to run the business and not understanding the importance of community to the entrepreneurial journey. Head over to threemistakes.systemsandsuccess.com to download your free report to learn more about the three operational mistakes most entrepreneurs make and how to avoid them. That is so good. And I think, too, to piggyback off of what you said, something else is super important about the numbers is it allows you also to know what things you need to do more of, like you said, right. like where are we going to grow? But then it also gives you perspective on the things that you need to stop. Because yeah. sometimes as entrepreneurs, what I've seen is we'll be so gung ho on like, oh, I, I got to make this program work. I got to make this service work. But if you're looking at the numbers and that's not one of your top money makers right. and you putting more into it to have it out there and it ain't gaining no traction, you need to just stop. <laughs> like, yep. Just either take a pause and regroup or just be like, you know what? I thought that was a good idea, but maybe this is just not the right timing for it. I'll come yep. back and revisit it later, but let me get that off, off the book so I can stop yep. allocating resources. I can stop allocating funds to trying to make this thing work. And I found that looking at those reports, helps me be like, okay, these are my top three money makers. So this is where I want to spend my marketing dollars, right? Right. This is where I want to hire a team to support me in doing more of these things because those are the things that are actually bringing me revenue. So I'm okay if I have an expense attached to that versus something that's not bringing anything in. And I think that is so key that people have to remember it's not to scare you. The numbers are not no. to scare you. No. They're designed to support you in doing what you want to do and to bring the vision to life, which is so important. Yeah. So what are some ways that you think entrepreneurs can better manage their financials? Oh, sure. At the most basic, stripped down, bare bones level. And so I'm trying to I'm trying to consider all the way around. So, you know, from your startup online retailer all the way to maybe your, you know, successful sole proprietor who's making, you know, two to three million dollars a year. Start off separate bank account. Let's start there. Separate your bank accounts. At the very least, in most cases, you probably a cash based business or meaning like as you spend, you know, you basically record as you spend. If you are an accrual based business, typically, you know, there's there's some leeway there. Like you might have a receivable where, you know, maybe you're providing um, a service and, you know, you're waiting for receipt of payment or whatnot. But um, just from a bare bones bill, start with a separate bank account, review your activity monthly. You know, I would recommend, or if you're not, if you're not doing a ton of value um, quarterly at the very least, I would say if we take it up a level. Now let's, let's begin to identify our key costs. And so generally really to piggyback off of what you said, if I was to say anything, you want to make sure that anything that you're spending a dollar on, that there's a return on investment on that, that you understand what the return is on what you're spending. So to your point, like you said, um, Gwendolyn, like I, I want to see, OK, if I'm spending marketing dollars for program A and A is only giving me 50 cents on what it is that I'm spending on it versus program C that has less marketing dollars, but is is producing 10x what I need. Well, hey, guess what? Maybe I need to switch that and move this down there. Um, and something to really, I always tell people too, you want to look at your business. It's a living organism. 
And so you want to, yes. And so the financials, a lot of times can help dictate to you what's one of the things that's giving it life, that's giving your business life. Um, what is it that's, that's giving it the nourishment, that's causing it to be successful and thrive? If it's pulling back from it, it's no different than like that toxic friend that you've known all your life. And, you know, you might have outgrown and it's time for you to move on. Okay. You know, it's the same. It's the same thing with your finances. You know, you want to look at that and it gives you it's a report card. Everything must give an account for itself. And so financials, I think, too, kind of helps tell a large part of the story. It helps you remove um, emotions from it. So mm. it's your cost. Something else, too. How, what are you contributing to that? So one, I'm a firm believer that you should be paying yourself. You should account for yourself, but how does that play off in the grand scheme of your business? You know, it's probably egregious if, you know, you're making a million and you're paying yourself $900,000 a year, but then how is your business going to thrive? But, you know, if you're making a million dollars and you're not paying yourself, you you want to account for your work. You want to, you want to show that the return on what you're getting. It's a noble thing to not, um, pay yourself, but I think that that's uh, yeah, yeah. But it shouldn't be, you know. Like I think um, you should definitely uh, pay yourself, even if it's in in ratio to whatever it is that you're making that okay. year. You know, almost like a bonus of sorts. So I don't know if, if that helped, but like I would say, the very least level. Um, I'm a big believer. I love um, QuickBooks Online. I think is it's a very inexpensive monthly subscription. Um, that has a great way of um, of really capturing your finances and categorizing those things so that you can see how you're doing, whether on a month to month or quarterly basis. Separate bank accounts. Yeah. And let me tell you, <laughs> from experience, <laughs> when a sister started out, she's like, oh, well, it's all my money anyway. So it don't matter. But it matters. Because when you get to tax time, when you get to the end of the year and you're trying to figure out what was a real business expense and what was just you like chirping off. Man. Yeah. You don't want the headache of like trying to go through 12 months of statements and outline and like, oh, no. and then like trying to find a receipt. Like, well, what, what really no. was that? Not no. to mention, you don't want to be handing your stuff off to your accountant and then they got bank statements and all they saying is your McDonald's transactions <laughs> or your right. transactions. <laughs> right. 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 Or the fact that you would have bought shoes like da 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 da. I'm going to need you to go and just transfer them funds over to your personal account and do all that stuff from your personal account. And not to mention, you know, that's such a great thing. And I don't think people really give it the credence that it deserves is because you really want to position your business to be a business, right? right? To be a real business. And I think when we don't have that separation, it's easy to not treat it like a business, like the way that it is supposed to be doing. And I don't think you take it as serious as you need to when you know, like, oh, no, restricted funds. Mm -hmm. Let me make sure that this is a valid business expense before I just go start swiping and spending. And I'm more conscious of if I want to grow my business, I need to reserve some of that cash, right? Because I might want to do some marketing. I might want to do some Facebook advertising. I may want to hire an assistant. I might need a CFO. You know what I'm saying? You want to be thinking about what are the future things my business is going to need and what dollars are associated with that. Yeah. So considering, you know, thinking about that. So get your your separate bank accounts. Yep. And let me say something to that too, to further validate your point about getting a bank account. It also helps solidify the corporate veil that you 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 tend to get. Yes. You know, as a company, like if there's any legal action or anything like that, 
you you won't be your personal finances won't be seen or be exposed to any liability because you're not intermingling, you know. Yeah. So um, that so, that was a quick thing. That's probably a whole nother podcast. So. I was gonna say so we're gonna have to come back and talk about that corporate yeah. bill because they probably ain't even ready for that. Yeah, and and that is so key because that that is what will save your butt right. in the day of. In event that you don't want to see coming. So I'm going to knock on wood because I ain't here to have that experience and I don't intend on having to have it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, make sure you're looking at those monthly statements, monthly, the very least quarterly, if you're not huge volume. I still support, like Jason, monthly because I will tell you one of the activities that I did early on in my business was I tracked the number of revenue by day. I looked at it every day for like three months and I got tired of looking at zeros. And that's what motivated me to start making the change because I was like, okay, right now you just got a real glorified hobby because businesses were designed to solve a problem and make right. a profit because they solved the problem. Right. You just out here. <laughs> right. yeah. So I got tired of looking at all of zeros and I was like, okay, let's go back to the drawing board and put in a real strategy on how we about to really get out here and start marketing ourselves and looking for clients and position ourselves in a way that people want to work with us. Absolutely. So, so super, super important. So when you think about all of that, how important is it for entrepreneurs to kind of create a budget, even if they're just starting out and have like super low <laughs> volume, what role do you think a budget plays in that? It plays a huge role. One, it can help validate your business and what you're anticipating. But two, um, I think it prepares you. So um, I'm a big advocate of just knowing your costs, knowing what it is that you, what it costs, but then also too, knowing your revenue. You can project that. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I like to reverse engineer it. If the goal is $1 million, like let's say you say, I want $1 million in the bank at, at the end of the day. Well, now let's backtrack through that. Let's forecast what our costs are going to be. So we should know our standard costs. And then what should the revenue be to get there? Because now you have a roadmap, you know, and to your point, I think, um, Gwendolyn, you brought a great point because you have those numbers in front of you, you know, it was motivated. You're like, okay, I got to chart the course. And then I can imagine for you, you were like, okay, well now we're getting into goals. Like this is what I want to hit. And then also too, what, what happens is you got that budget and then you got what actually happened yes. together. And now um, you can be a bit more knowledgeable about your business. Let's let's go back. Your business is an organism, a living organism. You're getting to know your business and you're building, you're cultivating it. And, then, you know, I'm sorry for all these parables, but like I got two kids and, I love it. <laughs> you know, as they grow, they reach certain milestones. I adjust. Or there's things that once worked that now is not efficient or profitable for them. It's the same way with your business. But, you know, you can only do so much from here. But especially and especially if you're trying to build something that that lives beyond you, a lot of times just knowing it from a financial perspective, you can begin to uh, plan around and create and develop a business that actually, you know, supports supports you versus you having to be the one that's always pumping the lifeblood into it. And so I think a budget is key. It can be. Yeah, I think it'd be. Oh, my God. I, lo- I love this conversation. Yeah. And you're absolutely right, because. For me now, like looking at my numbers every month is exciting for me, right? Because, you know, now I got my little charts and graphs and I got my little goals at the bottom and then I have what my actuals are. And I'm like, okay, I'm like 90% to the goal. So I'll be like, we got 
10 days left in the month. How are we going to get to 100% yeah. of this goal? Like, we need to make, we need like a thousand more dollars before we hit it. Yes. Then yeah. when we hit it, I'm like, oh, we still got five days left in the month. You know, can we do a stretch goal? Like, can yeah. we get another 10% or something? So it's like so freaking exciting. And then it's also a way for me to help honor my team too, right? right. Because I'm clear on the fact that I'm not hitting these goals all by myself. Like there are other people who are supporting me in that. So when I hit some really big milestones, I can look at the financials and say, okay, well, we had a really good month. So now I can treat my team to lunch or I can send my team a gift card or somebody who worked on a really big project and did a great job. You know, I can reward them, you know, with a dinner out or something. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't have to be anything super extravaganza, but knowing that I have the funds there to be able to do that. Now I can reward my team because they're helping me reach these goals, which is so key. So your financials touch so many different parts of your business. Like I want people to understand it's not just about what came in and what what went out. It's about how are you making decisions based on what you see? Yes. And then it it allows you to be proactive, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So what do you want to say to the people before we get ready to go? What what last words do you have for them? Hey, I would just say um, it's definitely key. I think um, one of my passions is helping people realize that understanding your finances, understanding your business finances can probably be one of your greatest tools. Something else we never covered. One of the biggest things you should keep in mind, and I mean, our current tax law as it stands right now is pro-business. You almost I'm almost at the point where I'm like anybody is just doing themselves a disservice if they don't have a business of some sort, because even from a tax perspective, there's a lot that you benefit from just in having a business. And so if you don't know your financial status, um, you can't leverage that. The tax law is written for business. And then also, too. It's also can be important in, in for you to understand your financials, because, of course, if you want to grow, if whether it's through um, an acquisition, if it's through um, financing of any sort or even if it's to go public or be anything like that, if you don't know where you're going and say, for instance, somebody pitches you a, a merger or an idea like that, and you don't even know the real value of your company just based on what you've done, a lot of times you could be leaving money on the table. And so no one's at, I'm not recommending that you become a financial expert, but you should definitely be an expert in your business. And I think that the the finances is one of the key maps that helps you understand the health of your business. So basically y'all, what I just heard was me and Jason gonna have to come back and just do like a whole <laughs> probably on a whole bunch of different things because he can just drop tax strategy on y'all. I'm sorry, I just, I just flipped just that in there. Business valuation on y'all. <laughs> and I know that these are things that typically, you know, entrepreneurs and small businesses don't think about, but it is a very real thing. Because let me tell you, I have a client who's in the accounting space. And one of the things that we just learned was that you can actually grow by purchase. So that whole acquisition that you're talking about, like we just realized that people are out here selling their accounting practices. And I was like, but for real though? And here's the thing, it wasn't as expensive as I thought thought it was. Like in my mind, I'm like, I would have never even thought of like purchasing a business as a way to grow because I'm like, it costs too much money. I ain't reached that level yet. I'm I'm working towards it, but I ain't (laughs) But it was only like some people were selling their practice for like $100,000. $150,000. And I was like, 
well, how much is their revenue? Because right. that might just question. be like that might just be a smart way to grow yeah. your business because yeah. you're gonna assume all their clients, you're gonna assume all that revenue. But again, you got to know your financials and then you got to know how to look at their financials to make yeah. sure that it's worth it. And yeah. that's why you need people like Jason where you can call and Absolutely. be like, I'm considering making this purchase. I'm going to need for you to look at these numbers, what this look like. Absolutely. But that is a very real thing. And so you just drop like three or four other nuggets that we could just like talk about all day and dive Absolutely. into. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's make it happen. I don't know what I'm going to call we'll it. Do, we'll do like a financial week or something, or financial day. The, yeah. Maybe we'll do like a, like a small business, a finan- uh, a small business financial week, something. Okay. Yeah. Me and Jason are going to figure it out, y'all, and we're going to bring it to y'all, and it's going to be super, super dope. I'm just saying. We might even awesome. bring in some of our friends. Uh, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I'm with that. Well, Jason, See, this, this, how they, this how them conversations go. See, this how they... it's always like this when we talk. We be like, we should do blah 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 blah, and then we be like, we should, and the next yeah. thing you know, we doing it. But doing. you know, I firmly believe in the small business community. That's yeah. how it should go. You know what I'm saying? I tell my little tribe all the time. I'm like, if there's something I need, I want to be able to look right inside my tribe and go to that person. And work Absolutely. with them because if I gotta pay somebody for the service anyway, why can't I pay somebody that I'm connected yep. to that I believe in, who I know is doing good work, who's right in my network? Yep. Why wouldn't I just pay them? Because I'm gonna pay somebody right. to help me do it anyway. Right. Exactly. But we again have to position ourselves to be in a space to do that. Absolutely. And so we gotta be serious about our craft, serious about our businesses. And our financials are going to help us do that. Absolutely. This has been freaking amazing. It's been awesome. I I have fun. Jason, thank you so much for making time to be on with me today. But beautiful people, thank you so much for joining us. I trust that you have gained some insights on why you shouldn't be afraid of looking at the financials in your business and how you can use those financials to make better business decisions. Be sure to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Your Admin Expert and subscribe to the email list on the website at yourvirtualadminexpert.com for even more tips, tools, and strategies. Jason, tell the beautiful people how they can connect with you. Oh, sure. Um, I have my website, treadwellconsultinggroup.com. Uh, you can find me on all social media outlets at the Jason Treadwell. I post most of my content on Twitter and LinkedIn. My Twitter handle is the only one different. It's just at Jason Treadwell. Okay. And uh, yeah, those are pretty much where you can find me. Um, all my information is on the website. Um, if you want to get in contact with me directly and uh, get to know how I can be of service to you. So thank you again. Wonderful. All right, beautiful people. Thank you for tuning in. And I will see you next week for another segment of Leading Behind the Scenes. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Leading Behind the Scenes. I hope you found some encouragement or helpful information today to help move your business and or your life forward. If you have a specific topic you'd like me to talk about or guests you'd like me to have on the show, feel free to send me a DM on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. I love connecting with my listeners. Also, be sure to follow the podcast so you never miss an episode and leave me a rating review. I'll see you next week.